Shooting the Gap with Ryan and Gonzo. No, I was not a, yeah. So the joke I sold off air uh, just screams that I, I, I shouldn't do stand-up. Um, no, you yeah. should work on it. I should work, I should work on Practice. it. What, what, Practice. What you need to be expecting in your craft, Doug, is a lot of what you do a lot of times, which is where you go, huh? 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 That joke was, in the words of Mitch Hedberg, that joke was better than you acted. Or, that joke is funny. You all are idiots. And then I get punched by a cowboy. You might get punched by a cowboy if you point to him and say, especially you. You redneck you shit kicker motherfucker. are an idiot. Sleeping with your sister. <laughs> Yeehaw. Which might get laughs. And your and ass kicked. Which, if that gets laughs, kind of almost worth it. It opens up your career to insult <coughs> comedy. That's a big ass alligator. That's what she said. So we're gonna kid. We'll go see X Men tomorrow. Oh yeah, that's right. Let me know what you think. Oh, I will. Uh, you liked it apparently. High fiving strangers. I high fived a strange child. Yes. <laughs> are you the strange, or was this? The I child I was the strange. Stranger, or are you strange? Well, a bit of both. But the dad was really cool. And then high fived me. Um, I I don't want to say anything about it. Um, why we high fived? What we high fived over? Because I don't want to spoil too much. Um. Nope, can't even say that because I'd be spoiling it. Um, Did you make it rain? <laughs> Tears of a cloud. November rain in May. In May. Uh, maybe it's just doves. Aww. Does, does John Fogarty still want to know? Have you ever seen the rain? Maybe I. Missy Elliott can't stand the rain. Hope she's okay. Maybe yeah. I, maybe I've seen fire and I've seen this rain. That was a nice one. I've seen okay, fire, now I've seen rain. <laughs> so two of the elements, I'm way ahead of Luke Perry. Because he was in the fifth element. Yes, yes. Was, he was in it for I, five minutes. I forgot he was in that at all. He's in the opener. <laughs> the best part is... Before on, the credits roll. The best part is there was, there was an episode of Doug Loves Movies where they were talking like uh, you have to guess the movie based on the, the credits. And Doug Benson is like reading the credits from like the bottom up, so the most famous person last, like you know to make it difficult, and like he's like this person, this person, and then goes Luke Perry, and they go is that how IMDb is written like with a question mark <laughs> like is this Luke <laughs> like Perry? Luke Perry, and so every time I talk about like which is rare admittedly but like whenever I go Luke Perry. Can't see him without a fake drug problem and some bad sideburns. Sideburns. Bad sideburns. My face, my beautiful face. Uh, Is that Family Guy? Simpsons. 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 Yeah. Krusty Clown special. Comedy special. His comeback special. Can I see that ashtray? Yeah. I'm sure. Hog the ashtray. You brought a can over. Yeah, but I can't put it out on plastic. So That's okay. condensed plastic. This is just plastic. It will stink. It will bring a hole in it. Okay. So about LeBron James. He's a basketball right player. Right in He's a basketball Welcome player. Welcome to Shooting the Gap. <laughs> Welcome to Shooting the Gap. Well, we were already recording. I knew that. So we're, we're moving on. Obviously, this is Gap. Our Gappers know what we're doing over here. 
Um, yeah, LeBron, that is number six in a row. Finals appearances. It is not six in a row wins, even if they win this title. It's nothing like that. But six in a row, nothing like that has been done since the 50s. 50s? Yeah, 50s into the 60s. Um, different era, different times. Um, Eastern Conference versus Western Conference. Miami versus Cleveland. Um, series. Keep going. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, what was I saying? Uh, something about the 50s and conferences. Yeah, I think it would have been guys from the Celtics back in the day, Bill Russell, guys that were on those teams. Um, they, they won consistently, whereas LeBron hasn't. But six in a row is still a big deal, Ryan Silver? Well, that's winning. It's uh, not winning championships. So he's... Always on a very competitive team. He's always he's a pretty big reason why his teams are competitive. I mean, I'm not. We bust his balls a lot on this show. Um, pull no punches on the guy, but I mean, you can't deny that he is a talent, that he is a superstar, that he makes teams better. Is he a leader of men necessarily? No. Ah, I don't necessarily believe that. I think his talent kind of is sort of self-leading, you know, when yeah, when he's when so he's he doing his thing, no when he's else. doing his thing, it, it kind of produces for everybody else too. So, it's not really leadership so much as just, you know, God-given ability. But that's pretty impressive. 6 in a row is really impressive. <laughs> God-given yeah. King James. That's cute. It's a Bible joke there. Sorry. See? That's, you got timing, you know, and delivery and setup. There was no setup there. Your delivery was just a little off. My humor Nobody is more reactionary. That's not my fault. About anything like that. He's What's the secret of comedy? Timing. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Was... <laughs> timing. I was going to do that at him, so <laughs> it's like... Um... It's, uh, when it comes to, I guess, this day and age, because I'm still not convinced that the NBA is as good as it was 20 years ago. I agree. Um, I think it was a better league in the 90s. It was definitely I, a better league in the 80s. It was, you know... It's heyday yeah, was, hey was definitely... Uh, Space Jam, I mean... It's, it's, heyday, it's heyday was definitely late 80s into the 90s. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it, it, 80s in general when Bird and Magic showed up, kind of pushing it along. Dr. J was also there. There was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There was lots of good players. And then it's like the 80s is when everyone was produced. Patrick Ewing came into the league. Exactly. Michael Jordan came into the league. Charles Carl Malone. came into the league. Carl Malone. The mailman. John Stockton. Um, yeah, all these guys, can, all these, all these, all these guys, guys, like stars, like mm-hmm. guys who would be stars in any era that they play. Guys, I'm, I'm 100% convinced some of them would be unstoppable. I mean, Charles Barkley would be unstoppable. He would be in this uh, league. Patrick Ewing would be. Akeem Olajuwon would be. Um, guys, Akeem Olajuwon like would be insane. I mean, he'd, Wilt Chamberlain would be unstoppable, but then something else. He would still yeah. be unstoppable. He'd still be pretty damn good in this day and age. Um, I think he would still dominate in this league. But if he had to go up against guys like Shaq and, and whatnot, it would be a different kind of domination because he wouldn't be scoring 50 points a game. You know, it would be 
team surrounding. Anyway, the, the, the point where it goes to LeBron, <laughs> the point of LeBron is, um, yes, it's a big deal. And this is my opinion. Secondly, he's playing in the Eastern Conference. And, and that, that's what I will always go down to. That since he's been there, outside of the Pistons, and even then it's been years, it's been more than 10 years since the Pistons won their, their title and beat the Lakers. The Eastern Conference has been a watered-down version of the NBA, which is a watered-down version of the NBA now. I do agree with, with Charles Barkley on that fact. I do agree with some older players saying that the league is watered-down simply because of the way the rules are set in place and because of the way that the, the higher-ups want the game to be played. That's, that's, what, that's what it is. That's what it is. That and the, I, I so so, so the, getting to six in a row, big accomplishment. Is it as big as other accomplishments in previous years? Um, no. Is it as big as a three-peat from Jordan two times? No. Um, I, I don't think that it is. I, is it as big as the Buffalo Bills going to four Super Bowls in a row? No. I don't think that it is. The Bills lost every one is. I don't think that it is either. But I think that's more telling because of what the NFL is than what the NBA is. It's a um, condensed season. Every win yeah. counts, and the playoffs are huge. Every win yeah. counts. Uh, it's single-game elimination. And teams, when they're in the play, the, the playoff teams are most of the time, especially in that era, were pretty much good. They were good. They were good teams. You were playing somebody good back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, very rarely were you playing a pushover team who limped into the playoffs. I mean, back then, you everybody was tough. The, I'm, I'm sorry, but you look at who they beat in the uh, playoffs this year. Not not that great, not that great of squads. I mean, Detroit, okay, good. They were an eight seed. They weren't that good. No. Um, Atlanta Hawks. Didn't not even that good. Have a, didn't even have a chance. Didn't didn't have a chance. Uh, Toronto, I I they won more games than either of us thought that they would win in this series, but. I, I still think Cleveland got bored well, and was they just looking forward. I, I to, think they kept they kept they kept they want they want to get to the finals. They, just they thought they thought the well let's get out of Toronto and walk to the finals mm-hmm. because that's what they've been doing is sweeping everybody. If if he loses if they lose it again, the accomplishment isn't that big of a deal in my opinion. Just to lose again, whether they're playing OKC or playing Golden State. Well, and if you really think about it, it's it's almost. Well, it takes a team for him to get to that place. It's an individual stat. That's an individual <clears throat> accomplishment because it's just six years in a row that LeBron James has gone. Oh no, it's James Jones just, has been with him every way, every step of the way. But no one's talking about James Jones. That's true. <laughs> just that is true. That was funny. I saw. I, funny. I saw. I saw. I believe one thing about that also. <coughs> where one person happened to mention it for ESPN. I can't remember the writer, but he also made mention of that exact thing also. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think Mike Lodish, for the, he was on the Bills for those four years, and then he was on the team. I'm pretty sure he was... He was on another team. The, the team that went the year after the Bills finally stopped going. because He went to five Super Bowls in a row. Um, this, it, it's... it's uh, to steal a phrase from Doug... I'm whelmed. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. Um, I'm just like, way to go. This is what you should do. Now, what he really should do is win these. Um, that's going to be the conversation we're going to start having next week. Because by next week, we'll already be in, I think, two games of the finals. We'll have been played. 
Well, no, because I think we're recording next afternoon, next Sunday afternoon, so we'll be waiting for the game game two to start, I think. Um, so that's that's the conversation we'll have. But as far as getting to the finals out of the Eastern Conference for six years in a row, way to go. You want a cookie? <laughs> I'm happy for you. Um, you played. I'm sure we can get guys. some merit ribbons made up. Yeah, but I mean... Four of those were with the participation the uh, trophies. That's playing with D Wade and that's playing with Bosch, and I've never been one to toot Bosch's horn too much, but he still is what he is, and he's still an all star. And you know, good good luck with him getting himself back on and being a healthy guy and playing basketball again. But he's he's played with good guys in, in this run. You know, he's always had a big three, except for that first first finals five years with the where it was with just the him and yeah. pretty much Virgil. I mean. Mo Williams, there there was the, yeah there was good guys. Zadurnas Elgalskis was an all star a uh, few times, um, but it was only until after James showed up that the people who who just think he does no wrong would blame everybody else on his team for why he can't win. Um, he has no excuses this year. Um, the excuses last year, fine. Yeah, I know Kyrie was hurt. He absolutely was. Kevin Love got hurt in the first round, um, so he was kind of by himself. To an extent, but you're still playing with NBA players, and you still gave Golden State some fits, and they came back and kicked your butts. So, not not I'm whelmed. I'm, I'm not that big. Yeah, we are whelmed. LeBron thing. You're whelmed. Um, not filling the aster would be another way of saying that. I um, would not be filling anybody's aster. Well, it's that if disaster is a bad thing, and dis is a component of uh, of being negative. So, would you be filling the aster? And we're just not filling the aster on this one. So, game seven starts. As a precinct. We got a, a game six. Go on. Clay Sorry. Thompson. When you get to a, a seven, record, I've got a NBA record, NBA playoff record, 11 three pointers, 41 points in that game. That comeback win for OKC didn't look, or for Golden State, didn't look very good. Uh, going in, looked like. Oklahoma City was that first half of the game. That first half was um big roller coaster ride for Golden State. They it were was, lucky to only be down five at that half. They were they were coming they would they would start to catch up and then it looked like Yeah, but five is only like OKC like two and was baskets. Roll. I mean that's, that's why they were lucky to only be down five. Yeah. Because they should have been down. And with more. Curry, that's they like should have been down. Three they should have been mean, down of like twelve or fourteen going. That's why I'm saying that they were lucky they were only down okay. five. Because they were getting pretty much dominated in that first quarter. Offensive rebound-wise, points in the paint. They still got dominated points in the paint-wise, but they hit their threes, which is Golden State's game. We know that. It's, it's what they do, live by the three, die by the three. They still get into the paint and do their thing, but that, that what offense... What is the paint? The key. Ah. Do you know what that is? Do we yes, okay, I do. It's the, I was going to say... <laughs> Doing that thing, it's, it's, explain it's, something no, no, no. by using a different word that's, that's also exactly complicated. Yeah, that's what no, I was hoping to get him on. Below the free throw line, it's the top of where you shoot for um, uh, penalties. I, I know that from penalties, uh, free throws, free throws, it's it's sucker. There's now you be quiet. There's fouls. <laughs> they call them field goals. This is a bad. This is bad for Oklahoma City, dude. I I can't imagine. Wanting to go play in an Arco Arena in a game seven when you had a 3 1 lead? Uh, Clay Thompson's been pretty bullied in this series. Um, 
He's just missed shots. He's he's he looks. I don't, I don't know what what the right word is because out of it's not really the right word, but and that's a phrase. It's just missing. He's missing shots. He's just uh, missing shots, but like seems like he's missing in the in game six. He was huge, and they they need him to remain huge. They need they can't. Everybody's talking. They should hire a. Everybody's fight. talking very negatively about Curry, about. How, oh, well, well, I'm like, okay, well, he did sprain his knee. I don't know if anybody listening to sprain their knee, but I'm pretty sure all three people at this table have at least sprained or torn their <coughs> knee. And let me tell you, that you hurts. don't just get back up. I'm on a cane up. for a month, a year. You don't, you don't just get back up and start running around and juking and jiving on hardwood floors. You just don't do it. It does not, it does not feel like sunshine and rainbows. Well, there's there's a there's a big three for Cleveland, and there's a big three for for Puppies and Blow Home State. Um, OKC kind of has a big three, depending on if they have a third guy that night, because it it it, it buries around. It's, it buries. It's always Westbrook, Durant, sometimes Adams, sometimes Ibaka. Sometimes sometimes Ibaka. Adams. Yeah, it, it, the way that that they've been strong in this series is by adding another guy or two. And Durant's been getting struggling. Yeah, twelve to fifty points. Durant has not been struggling. Well. Struggling at all. Not at all. He's been pretty on point, actually. He's been, he's been okay. lights out in this series. Him and him and Durant or uh, Westbrook have been lights lights out in this series. Um, what it's expected. It's just those are two of the top five players in the game, in my opinion. When you talk about Westbrook and Kevin Durant, no doubt, no doubt. They just need that other guy. They need the other guy. If they're putting up eighty points and they only have a hundred, they're gonna lose. Like that's just how it goes. Okay, or Golden State has better perimeter players. Golden State has Draymond Green. Golden State has a deeper bench. So this really just in my this is the Golden State should win this game handily. They should. You mean game seven? This one that's starting pretty soon. Yes, yeah. game seven. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be close. In, I don't think it should be. Literally like four minutes. Yes. Yes. That's why Sorry. I said this game. It's 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 going to. It should be a blowout. I I. Feel that Golden State should win by twenty points. That's what I think. I feel like uh, I I still think it's going to be a close game. Um, I I know they're coming off of a huge win in OKC, and that's huge. And their fans are going to be rocking. You know, Oracle Arena is going to be out of control. Place is going to be jumping. Um, I believe you're correct. If they jump out early, I don't think OKC will have the energy to get back into it. The crowd will be too into it. There'll be too much emotion going for them. And They'll just—they're going to have to—they have to the keep back behind in their head, just going, "Man, we should have had this series over." And if it's a ten-point deficit that quick and it's going nuts, just like you said, Ryan, it's going to be hard to fight that. It's going to be hard. It's absolutely—you can't let it get out of hand early. Keep it close. Um. Don't ever let them get nine, ten points on you because can't do those it's runs. Gonna, you, yeah. if you start if it gets to a nine, ten point lead, you need to chill it out and start making some baskets and get some stops because if it if they throw down another nine, ten point lead, it's because they could, it could be just like that. I mean, three possessions, you could be down nineteen. Mm-hmm. And you guys have predicted it, but who are you hoping wins? Who am I hoping wins? I want to see Golden State and Cleveland. I do too. Okay. And we, and even though, even though I would just as easily be happy, be happy seeing 
Kevin Durant and if, if, Oklahoma if, City. I'll tell you, I'm with I'm with Ryan. If if, if um, the Thunder OKC pulls this out, mm-hmm. it's not going to be a bad finals watching um, Kevin Durant and, and uh, Westbrook go at the the big guys for the the Cleveland Cavaliers. It, it, it should be either way. I think we're in the. I think we got dogs finals. and and we got dogs in the fight all the way around. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any hate here for Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, really. No, I'm a fan. I'm a fan um, of Steph Curry. I really am. So, uh, but then I we think got, Westbrook's probably my favorite player in the NBA. It, it Westbrook Durant. Mm-hmm. Durant's Love always Durant. been one I of your like guys. His church. Love um, Durantsboro. Sorry. Westbrook Durant has always been what your guys uh, for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the, say on the other on the other side, you have Cleveland, who would be nice to see Cleveland. Get a title. If, if they did, then it would be nice to see LeBron James come back and bring them a title. If it would did, be nice to have Kyrie get a title. Is LeBron on his way out? That, that, that would all be. He's on the back end of his career. He's not a, definitely a lot closer to the back than he is to the beginning. Okay. He's 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 over age thirty now. He's, so he's, he's probably years. got he probably got a good another five years left in him. I'd say. Really. He doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. So. At, at top-notch performance before his talent would dip off because. He's just bigger, stronger, and faster than the people that are out there. And it's been nice to see him in this series, the one that they just won in the paint more often. Some people are like, oh, you probably think that that's him just bullying his way. Like, no, that's what I've wanted LeBron to do his whole career, is just go to the fucking rack. You should be able no to one do can that stop you. and then step back and uh-huh. let him think he's driving and then just step back and shoot it. Yeah, and then get open shots. Get that mid-range game going. Quit shooting Kobe used to be about that all the time. Michael Jordan. Drive and drive and drive. And then when he stops driving, all of a sudden he's popping it up. Mm -hmm. For for open shots. I'm with... Fuck, I... It would be cool to see Cleveland win just because they haven't won. And that 30 for 30, as as funny as it was, as, as nice as it was to see the Broncos and some of their moments against the Cleveland Browns, it was it was also depressing, and it's a thirty for thirty. You should watch. It's just about all their losses. And Cleveland, and Cleveland has Cleveland. not had a professional sports title since Cleveland Browns or something. Won no, before Cleveland the Indians. Was it the Indians? The Indians won because the Browns have never won. A no, Super they won a major league. No, they didn't won a Super Bowl. They were winning NFL titles. The major league never won this title. The Indians never won the World Series. They just, they just what about, the what about Major League Two? Did they win on that one? No, they got to the World Series. Mm, fuck. And they never said. And in Major League Three, it doesn't address it, and who cares? Because Major League Three is horrible. Yeah, back to the minors. Not. not no, I, I will say, like, uh, using a quick pop culture like segue. Was either the Indians or the Browns that won the last one? I mean, Cavaliers have never won anything. Cavs have never won anything, but they've always been. They've been Cleveland's a good team. team. They've never left Cleveland. Yeah. Indians of course, technically, the Browns that are there have never left Cleveland either. No, technically, Ryan, they did leave. <laughs> technically, they <Wow>. all left. <laughs> they just got to keep the name when they got a, a, an expansion team. They just got to be called the Browns again. But everyone that was on that Browns team yes, I know. moved to Baltimore. Say, the ones that are there right now <laughs> technically haven't left Cleveland. No, that, that new expansion Browns team? Yes. No, yes, you're right. They've That's been there since '96, going hard, going hard. <laughs> Year and a half after the original team left. Yes. But I, I did want to bring this up um, in terms of uh, uh, basketball. I've been watching a lot of sports TV, on, admittedly on mute, um, and which makes it hard to understand. Yeah, why really. Are happening. Um, 
Shaq looks really uncomfortable all the time. Shaq? That's Shaq. huge. Well, so... He's like bigger than this fucking I <laughs> made a joke about <laughs> how much money he must spend on suits that are in his size. And like one of my coworkers was like, they don't make any suits. I didn't realize, like, what is Everything he, like, he has is, is he custom. almost seven foot? He's seven one. He's like, yeah. Seven Jesus! One. Look at it. Do you want to just... If anybody else hasn't seen this photo... If you wanted to ever see how huge Shaq is, Google Shaquille O'Neal, J.J. Watt, and The Rock. They all stood next in line with Into each other Hummer. in one picture, and The Rock was the smallest person there. Yeah, but he's and fat in the next movie. He's so. six foot four and fucking humongous, scary, and Shaq makes him look like an infant. That's how huge Shaq is. So. Shaq okay. makes the rock so look small. The Shaq the Rock is what the Rock is to Vin Diesel. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yuck it up, bro. I'm fucking right on that. That's why I'm laughing because it's it's yes. true. That works. That's why right. when you whenever you see the Rock and Vin Diesel standing face to face, oh, you never see their legs to see the because box. Because Vin Diesel is standing on a standing fucking on. milk cart. Yes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Because Vin Diesel ain't big. It is like. Big. This is my family. My family's a dairy gold box. Um, yeah. Family. Family. Yes, so, um, hoping, hoping to have a good final start next week, dude. Let's get into our top fives. High fives. Five times. Five time. So, we had a little bit of a cushion. Um, so we missed some top hundreds. Uh, that's... That'll happen. So we got the NFL top 100 list has come out again, as per the usual for this season. Um, we missed our uh, what is it, uh, uh, 79s, I think, or 70s. Yeah. So uh, we got our top five reordering. 80 to 71. <laughs> Not loading. There it goes. Yay! No, it doesn't. That was way off. The World Series from the Brown from the uh, Indians was in 1948. <laughs> so that's even longer for them. I think it was the Cleveland Browns. The Browns were in 64. Yeah. Well, they didn't have Johnny Menzel, so no one has Johnny Menzel now. Ooh. He's missing. They don't know where he is. He was supposed to meet his family in the the Hamptons or some shit. Is this true? Yes. Wow. And he didn't show up, so they don't know where he is. Probably getting drunk and beating his almost girlfriend again. Um, well, not everyone who's accused of that shit does anything, and his ex-girlfriend was pretty crazy. Yeah, she was. Pretty crazy. Even on mute, I got that. <laughs> so this is our top five, 70 to 75. Even on mute, she's crazy. Our 70 to 75 here. 80 to 71. That's it. What? I was like, that's what I wrote down. 80 to 71 first, and then 70 to 60. I didn't know we were reorganizing the whole list. We're not reorganizing the list. That's how it premieres every week, right? Oh, 80 to 71. What did I say? 79 to 80? You said 75 to 70. (laughs) Well, (laughs) fucking math. So you guys are doing 80 to to 71 first, and then we're going to do 70 to 61. 70 to 61. Are you first? Um, my number five 
on this list. And we, we finally did come to an agreement that this is talking about who's going to be better next year. That's ranking for this season, not for last season. It's predictions on who's going to be good. The best right now. You know, best right now and how we anticipate they'll be good next year. That's what, that's what we're doing here. I think the offense has already changed. I think their quarterback has shown he's ready to <coughs> put the ball in the air and be the leader, be the guy on the team. Given his final eight weeks of last year when he was tearing it up, I'm going to take Doug Baldwin, who was not on the list last season. I'm going to put him in number five. He's Doug. He's Doug. Um, my number five guy is uh, going to be Emmanuel Sanders. Um, somebody who deserves to be on this top 100 list. A guy who's often quite overlooked. Um, this year he got bumped up 20 spots, so good for him. Um, but I, I, I do think that he's a much better football player than he's given credit for, um, even though technically this bumps him back a notch on the list, but it just speaks to the kind of talent that we're starting to get into on the list. I agree. Uh, number four, Jamal Charles. He's going to be great this year. He would have been great last year. He was on his way to being great and had a had an injury. Um, he's just a beast. He's a hell of a football player, a great running back. We have to see him twice a year usually and dread it. Dread watching that guy play against our football team, but enjoy watching him play anyone else. He's a hell of a talent. Jamal Charles, my number four. He was number 12 on the list last year. thing is, you never trust a man with two first names. That's Number right. four. <laughs> Another man with two first names. Toby Keith? I don't know. Is Johnson technically a first name? No. Okay. You wish. Uh, I do? Aw. Uh, I guess he does. I guess so. Number Ooh. four, Derek Johnson, also a Kansas City Chief. Burn. Um, great uh, linebacker. I love his play. And Was that a big dick or a small dick joke? Mm. It was a dick joke. Dick it jokes dick are, joke. it's a sports show, dick jokes are allowed. No, but it was a big dick or a small, moving on, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, so there's Johnson. nothing funny about a big dick. Johnson, yes, number four. I don't know what else to add, Doug. He makes great plays. I wish he was here to replace Danny Trevathan, but he's not. That would have been nice. That would have been nice. Then we wouldn't have been missing all you, those people. You wish he was here to replace you. There we go. There we go. Whole half of our team. Geniuses dick. on the internet. Geniuses on the internet. I must say, uh, number three, Ryan Khalil, wasn't on the list last year, which is surprising to me. He's the best offensive lineman. Um, Definitely in Carolina. One of the best <laughs> offensive lines, I guess. That's at least according to everyone before we played him. Uh, right. Just amazing a, how that works. Amazing how we knew that. He's just a great player. Uh, Ryan Khalil was not on the list last season. Uh, my numero tray is Jordan Reed, who had <coughs> a big breakout season last year um, as soon as he was given the spotlight role in Washington. Um, he is going to be another stud this year, probably... Not so much one of those sleeper guys that you could pick up fantasy-wise, but... Um, no, I'd imagine you got to get him in the first five rounds this year. I don't know that he's that high, but he's definitely a top five tight end. I mean, probably three. 
he might be a top three tight end. Receiving tight end. So tight ends helped my team fantasy, out a lot last fantasy. year. Fantasy from a fantasy standpoint, I think if you jumped on Jordan Reed at probably a three or four in the tight end picking order, then I think it'd be all right. Well, number two, Jordan Reed. Um, he's a gator. He's a stud. Like this kid a lot. I thought he should have been higher on the list as far as tight ends go. Um, but he, he wasn't on it last year, so he made a pretty good showing for his first time ever on the top 100. Um, Jordan Reed, look to him to continue getting better. The guy's a baller. Uh, number two, Calais Campbell. Stud. Fucking stud. Um, I, pretty much from this point on, I mean, you're not talking about, you know, anybody on this on these squads that isn't a stud, but um, that guy wrecks shit, and he's a fucking baller. I wish he was on my team. Me too. My number one is Calais Campbell, who I thought should have been a lot higher on this list as well. I saw him pop up this early, and I said, that's a top 50 player, in my opinion, on a damn good defense. Um he was 99 last year, so he's still... <laughs> he's moving on up. Moving up, but, man, he is a football player. He is, I mean, that's not a joke. He is a football player. The dude makes shit happen. I like Calais Campbell a lot. He's my number one on this list. Uh, my number one is Jamal Charles. He is still a stud. He's coming off of that knee. Um, I still anticipate him to be a great football player. That guy brings a brings it every week even when it seems like he's the only one bringing it on his whole team at times um but Jamal Charles I think is very complete threat um for the offense no doubt about that now we're doing our top five of the 70 to 61 class of this year uh number five for me 69 on the list uh, Shaney McCoy, I think he's not going to be injured this year. Is, I mean, you can't predict injuries. Like it's, it's like predicting non-injuries. I just expect him to be healthy and have a much better year. Um, second year in this, in this system, second year with Rex Ryan, second year with the Bills. Um, he's a stud. Stops on a dime, moves on, moves everywhere. The guy is, is he, he makes cuts that blow my mind. Just, he sees everything so very well. Um, had he not been hurt last year, he'd have been higher on this list. Shane McCoy, number five. Number five for me, uh, a guy who got further up on the list, um, but I got a lot of respect for it. But uh, my number five guy is Navarro Bowman, a tackling machine. Uh, not necessarily the big play kind of guy that you see all over the place at linebacker, but a fucking stud. Uh, I think the next closest person in tackles to him is like 30 tackles away. It's pretty ridiculous. He has 154 tackles last season. Um, he didn't blow you away with the picks or anything like that, but he's a cleanup machine and a t- tackling you. That's what he do. That's what he do. He still has a Marthe. My number two from this one, huge drop. He was 20th last year. 62 this year, Demarius Thomas. Um, the reason I have him on here, and I didn't... Number two or number four? Uh, number four, but he was the second to last guy on oh, this okay. list. Gotcha, okay. Um, number four. Um, the reason I didn't have Emmanuel Sanders 
in my top five from that is because looking forward to this season, he's going to be the number two receiver, and we're not going to throw the ball that much. So it's not a slight against um, Emmanuel. I think he's a hell of a football player. But I know that Demarius is going to get the, the most targets, the most opportunities to make stuff happen in this offense, just because it's going to be Kubiak's offense. It's set up that way to get the the guys, the number one guy big. But it's also set up to get the, their number two or three receivers deep. So look for Emmanuel Sanders to still be making his big, big plays as he always does. But I just I think uh, DT is going to bounce back from the nine drops. He's going to have those catches this year, and he's going to have another 100-catch season. He's going to do his thing. Mary Thomas, my number four. Uh, my number four is Earl Thomas, another guy like DT who took a huge tumble. Um, also, never trust a man with two first names. Earl or Thomas. Um, big drop from last season. <coughs> That's kind of reflected... <coughs> The struggles that you'd mentioned before that they had, that that defense had early. Um, so they kind of, I don't know, seem to have uh, short-term memory loss whenever it comes to this kind of stuff. They just agree. decide somebody's not that great, and I still think Earl Thomas is probably, arguably, one of the best safety in the league. Arguably. Arguably, for sure. Uh, my number three. One of the best, I Definitely. One of the best, I agree. Um, my number three, Carlos Dunlap. I love that guy. I have since he was a Gator. And call me a homer, but he's a stud. <laughs> he was a stud in college. He's a stud now. He had 13 and a half sacks last year. Comes in on this as the number 70. Thought he could have been higher. Um, wasn't on the list last year, so he still has a pretty impressive showing for his first time on the list. Um, Carlos Dunlap, look for him again this year to wreak havoc in the backfield and put pressure on those quarterbacks. Uh, my number three guy the is Marcus Peters. <laughs> um, I know we were watching some of the uh, replay from this season about Marcus Peters. He happened to get a lot of interceptions, but he happened to be just sort of in position on a lot of those to just be there to make some interceptions. That's one thing you can say is he has great hands, obviously. He's there to make the catch. There's a lot of times those guys just drop those. Easy picks happens all the time, um, but he's a rookie, so he's got a lot of future ahead of him. Ahead of him, um, he was tested. Manning wanted to test him early on, right away, um, and he showed him that he shouldn't be throwing his direction. Don't so, I mean, say what you want. He didn't shy away from the spotlight at all this season. I think he's just going to grow and mature to be a pretty damn good cornerback that we're going to have to worry about for the next few years. Uh, number two, my number two, uh, starting strong safety on the best defense in the league, T.J. Ward. Could have been higher. Could have been higher. Um, plays the game the old school way. Comes up and gets you in the backfield. Comes over the middle and jacks you. Hits you hard. Sorry, um, kid. He's a, he's a stud, dude. I, I've been a fan of him since Cleveland, and when we got him, it was pretty awesome. Last year he got snubbed not being on this list, and this year he shows up at number 68. But he'll be my number two on this I believe this he list. made both of our lists last year he for absolutely, our top 100 snubs. Absolutely. Did. I'm almost positive he was our one of our top threes. Absolutely. TJ Ward changed our defense. Um, he, he, it's obvious when he's not on the field. Fuck yeah. Just go ahead and ask the Raiders. Yeah. Like the, the, those 140 yards of offense that they had to beat us with 
or whatever against it was. Our two backup against our two backup safeties. They took huge advantage of the fact that T.J. Ward and Darian Stewart weren't on that field. Go ahead and ask Raiders. Number two, uh, DT. He, I, I guess I have him in his appropriate spot according to the list, but um, Demarius Thomas still 1,300-plus yards, 90-plus rece- receptions. 105. 105? Yes. Yeah, well, 90-plus in the last few seasons. It's like 105 in the last few seasons. It's ridiculous. It's – I'll look it up. But regardless, um, he uh, – only can a guy who puts up big ass numbers like that just it's our offense is obviously such an afterthought to even other players in this league. Absolutely. That a guy who can be who can have that many receptions, that many touchdowns, that many receiving yards, and yards after the catch just be kind of like downplayed below the top fifty. Um, I think he's easily a top fifty player. Um, Me too. Some might say, well, why is he below the person on my list? Well, when I get to him, I mean... We'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> but this is about football players. This isn't about, you know, his. I think in this situation, his drops, the drops he has and the lack of concentration, I think, hurt him. So, I think that did. I think the, the inconsistent quarterback play hurt him as well. Absolutely. Having two of the worst-rated quarterbacks on his team trying to get him the ball last year. So, yeah, um, he, he took a huge drop and. That's a shame, but he's still he's still represented on our list. I like that. Um, my number one is Earl Thomas. He should be higher on this list. It's ridiculous. Uh, big biggest biggest snub so far in the stuff I've seen. I would probably have to say Earl Thomas. He was like when I saw it come out, I said, "Well, that's my number one on our top five. He has to be. I think he's the best safety in football. I I think he is. Um, my number one is actually a safety. Um, Rashad Jones, uh, you talk about T.J. Ward um, being great at the line of scrimmage. We were watching, you watch the top 100, you'll see play after play after play of him sneaking in the backfield, especially on goal line situations, which you kind of want your safeties to be able to do, but some of them just don't have the size to be able to get in there. He's the kind of dude who doesn't have the size you think would be shoved off the line or get lost in traffic, but he makes plays. He is super athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. The guy, the guy can hit. He can, he'll pick you off if you float it out there. He'll rip it out of your receiver's hands. He's a fucking stud. Um, also one of the best safeties in football, uh, him and Earl Thomas. I, they fly all over the field. They're everywhere on every play all the time. So that's my number one. Three safeties in this round for the – Top 100 from 70 to 61, and they all could have been higher, in my opinion. Absolutely. I, I feel like I snubbed Rashad, but I didn't. I just went with what it is, and he's he's a stud. I mean, these three safeties are the same type of guys. They get in the backfield. They can still play center field. They can lay the boom on you when you're catching a 15 yard in, you know, going across the middle. All these guys are have years ahead of them in the NFL to play football and be the best. Like, I'm hard-pressed to see who else is going to be ahead of him. I know that Tyron Matthew had a great year last year. I can't imagine Cam Chancellor was going to be ahead of anybody on this. Um, is there any other safeties going to pop up, right? I think if you start putting anybody ahead of them, the only one who could possibly pop up ahead of them was Cam Chancellor. Or Matthew. 
Tyron Tyron Matthew he, could last year he was great. Last year he, he was did great. play great. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess those are the only two guys I could really think of with that the NFL players would put ahead of him. I don't see anybody else. I'd be surprised. I'd, I'd that be would be pretty surprised. shocking. Um, they've given the defensive backfield a lot of love on this this year's list, though. And they haven't said. they haven't got to the cream of the crop of the cornerbacks yet, though, at all. So there's a whole bunch of those coming up in the next few weeks. Whole bunch of corners coming up in the next few weeks. Um, we're let's moving on to our other five time. We lost another musical legend. The year the music died. <clears throat> It's going to be a hell of a concert in heaven. I know that's been said a lot, but... I really wish it would be a really going. shitty concert. That's yeah. what I wish. You guys just keep going. Nick Menza, rest in peace, buddy. Sudden, tragic death. Um, rest in peace. There you go. There you go. Sudden, tragic death. Violent heart attack. There was no signs of any of that. No. According to his doctors, there was nothing there. It just, there was no drugs, no, no nothing. Drug. I mean, just sober for more than ten years. Yeah. He just drummed his literal heart out. I mean, it's a damn shame, dude. That was that was sad hearing that Nick was one of my favorites from one of my favorite bands. So we're gonna do the top five Megadeth songs, um, Nick Menza era. So, you know, nothing from P Cells. Nothing. You gotta gotta hit that that little wall of it there, and I'm sure everybody was able to do that with these, because in my opinion, that is the best version of Megadeth. Like the, the most popular era of Megadeth, that's for sure. That lineup with yeah. Menza and um, <coughs> Mar- Marty, Marty Friedman, Marty Friedman. And, yeah, and then of course Dave Ellison and, and Dave Mustaine. Mustaine yeah. Um, so I got a couple honorable mentions. Oh, you're going first. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it out the way just because because sure. I want to. Uh, Trust from Cryptic Writings, not not the average Megadeth song, especially at the time. Um, I love that on the Batman soundtrack. Sorry. Stop. <laughs> uh, but, musician joke. But the uh, the drumming for that song, the intro to that song, um, very, very Nick Menza. Very, very much his style and his roles, his fills, the way that he sets up that song. Kind of a love song from a Megadeth standpoint. But, you know, hey, everyone does one. It wasn't Nothing Else Matters, so it gets a pass. Um, Sweating Bullets from Countdown to Extinction is another honorable mention. Tornado of Souls from Rust in Peace. And go to hell from hidden treasures. Also, the Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, we were counting hidden treasures. God damn it! Yeah, it's in that era. Motherfucker. <laughs> uh, great drumming on those tracks. Check those out. Uh, my number five. Um, I'd, I'd heard Megadeth, and I'd I'd I'd, uh, I'd I'd already heard the Rust in Peace videos and whatnot from Hangar 18 and Holy Wars and. And then, um, <clears throat> so it's hard to talk about, man. It's hard to talk about. Um, Symphony of Destruction came out, and I was I decided that I was going to buy Megadeth Countdown to Extinction. And like any other teenager, you buy it and you just press play, and you want to you want to hear the song. And it opens up with "Skin of My Teeth," and there's just this barrage of <laughs> and just the timing of it, just how powerful it was. Skin of My Teeth is my number five from Countdown to Extinction. What a way to open a record. Um, number four, go listen to the drum track. Go and check it out. When we lose these guys, we get a, a bunch of stuff that you hadn't heard before it gets published, and you just get to 
you get to hear it. Hangar 18 from Rust in, Rust in Peace. Go hear the drums by themselves and see what he's doing. Hear what he's doing. Holy shit. He, he was that good. He was that good to where Dave Mustaine said to Dimebag Daryl, No, I don't want to bring your brother on because I already have a drummer. That's how good he was. That's how good he was. Uh, number three, Train of Consequences from Euthanasia. The drumming on that is incredible. Um, the timing of it is phenomenal. It's very, very much a classic thrash metal style, but it's, it's timing. Drumming is timing. And he just cuts it off so quick, right on time when it's supposed to be done. Very, very good song as well. Um, great drum track. Number two, Take No Prisoners from Rust in Peace. Um, if you're a Megadeth fan, you'll know that I'm taking the first three songs off Rust in Peace, because that's an assault. That is just amazing. Um, everyone talks about Master of Puppets as being the pinnacle of thrash albums that came out in that time. Rust in Peace might be better. It, it just might be. It's um, not might be. It, it, it's, it's a toss-up for me, man. It's, it's so, that's how good that record is. That's how good that record is. It's longer, it's more intricate. It's just, it's, because everything Dave did was just trying to do a little bit better than Metallica. Yeah. You know, it was just to, just outdo Metallica. Because um, they pissed him off. Fuck him over. Number one, Holy Wars, Rust in Peace. The drumming on that's incredible. The breakdowns on that is incredible. It's my favorite thrash song of probably all time. Um, Nick Menza, that's the first album he's on. You know, so you have to make an impression. You have to let it be known. It's that Justin the Chancellor drummer. being the first bait. Uh, yeah. On, 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 on Anima. And changing the And then just show. hitting 46 and 2 and changing the game. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Not that Paul Demore was bad by any means. I love Paul Demore. Absolutely, he was a great bass player, and he had his very tool had a sound with him on it. And then when when Arma hit, the whole thing changed. Yeah, the writing changed. Everything they they had a new bass player. Everything changed. The the drumming for uh, Megadeth took another step from Poland to when I completely agree. Nick Menza showed up and Absolutely. to to make to make his statement on the first three songs of that album. Just does it for me. Uh, Rust in peace. Nick Menza. He'll be missed. Number one, Holy Wars. Uh, my honorable mentions. Skin of my teeth. Angry again. 99 ways to die. I could have kept going with honorable mentions for a very long time. I know. Time. You could have. <laughs> I was going to say. Like, I am really surprised the by the way. songs exactly. from every album I mentioned. Um. I was gonna. I was actually a little surprised how short your list, your honorable mention list was. So, way to go, holding back on that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Showed some restraint. Right. Number five, Atu Lamond. Word. I love that fucking jam. Um, I I'm not like a huge Megadeth like fan like Gonzo is, or probably even you are, Doug. Um, but I like they have such a unique sound. I, I guess that's what I always like about certain bands is how unique and and very much only they can produce the sound they have. Um, I guess that's something I, I admire it's, and enjoy it's the bands from the even talent. more. Absolutely. Um, so uh, all of these are pretty much an example of that. So my number four is Trust. Um, number three, Train of Consequences. Number two, Sweating Bullets, which is 
actually it's one of the songs that I started actually listening to uh, Megadeth I didn't listen to a lot of Megadeth early on but that one and Symphony of Destruction my number one were the reasons why I started listening to Megadeth at all I love this shit out of both of those songs and I don't give a fuck that they're on the radio they're on the radio because they're fucking good (laughs) they were really good fucking songs so it's kind of when Metal kind of took the forefront with a little bit more love on the radio play. I think nothing wrong with that. Uh, being I totally forgot Hidden Treasures. Um, being that... I'm just going to keep talking. Yeah. Fuck them. Um, I do have to add, I only had one honorable mention. I've got to add these two because of that. Um, just because I didn't look at their... Um, uh, the What's that called? A... Um, uh, not compilation, but like the 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 tracks from their the soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, angry again. Uh, from Last Action Hero and Ninety Nine Ways to Die from Beefs and Butthead. Um, Experience, hell yeah! Goddamn right, dude! Like, <laughs> fucking great song on that great fucking tape. Yeah, tape millennials. Um, my actual. I believe they call mentions. Huh? Cassette. Uh, my actual uh, honorable mentions, uh, yeah, a tout le monde. Um, I will say there's a lot of this from that era. Uh, Youth in Asia was my black album, um, if that makes sense to any metal fans. Um, I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, number five, Train of Consequences. Um, and some of these I did kind of separate the drum tracks too. I actually like took a listen to all of the Megadeth in my iTunes because um, I don't have cassettes anymore. <clears throat> Nor do I have CDs, which are yeah, um, small shiny vinyls, hipsters. Um, yeah, Trinity Consequences was a fantastic song. Sweating Bullets, I think, was one that really truly grabbed me to listen to Megadeth. Um, absolutely. Symphony of Destruction. Um, actually, the drum track for that being as minimal, minimalist as it is, is incredibly effective. Uh, effective. I agree. Um, even with the... Uh, uh, I'm probably the only fan of it, but the nine-minute version of the Trent Reznor remix, mm-hmm. um, he still played very faithfully to the drum tracks. Um, and that means something when you do a remix. It really does. It, it's uh, the respect that he had amongst his fraternity of musicians. For the rhythm section. Yep. Um, which, in, in terms of Symphony of Destruction, is not the bass. I'm sorry, I'm a bass player, or was a bass player, um, but it was in, in, in for the drums. I'm with you. Uh, my number two, I'm surprised it didn't come up. Um, Foreclosure of a Dream. Really solid drumming, like just outright solid drumming. That my my opinion on that song is more of a balladesque and then more of the statement the song makes itself. I do think it did feature more of uh, Dave Mustaine's vocals and and Marty Friedman's guitars, but um, or guitar singular. Um, well, no, I think he might have like, done there's, a few tracks. There's two yeah. solos in that. One of them from Dave as well. Is it? Yeah, the first one. Um, but for Closure of a Dream, once again, to me, drumming aside, one of the defining Megadeth songs for me. Yeah. I mean, well, just like hearing like, 
foreclosure of a dream. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel at 17. Like, <laughs> They're stealing um, my crops. <laughs> God damn you, Bush. Bush is stealing my weed. And stomach use in my cooler again. Um, <laughs> and number one, really uh, outright... Um, Isolating the drum tracks, um, but as a song as a whole as well. Uh, my number one, Hangar 18. Um, I ran this by a few friends, and Hangar 18 was one of those songs where we talked about it like, if you had to pick one Megadeth song. I mean, Five Magics came up a lot, um, which wasn't a uh, Menza era. No. But Hangar 18 was like, one we all thought of, and it's like, yeah, that's how Megadeth sounds and that's how Megadeth sounds once again with like Mensa when we talk about like that the, the sound being changed mm-hmm. by a new person coming in Hangar 18 um, off of Rest in Peace Track um, 2 yep. that was a game changer uh, was Nick Mensa joining um, joining Megadeth and totally changing their sound in a very positive way so yeah, he was a good drummer still is. I mean, it's not like we don't talk about... All of a sudden, I can't think of any dead drummers. Um, (laughs) John Bonham, or... uh, It's not like we don't talk about... Or or Keith Moon. Like, you know what I mean? Like absolutely. uh, Or uh, who's... He's not dead, but what's the guy from... uh, (laughs) He's not dead, but we don't talk about him. (laughs) But, like, do we really talk about the drummer? Do, um... Who's that from uh, Black Sabbath? I was actually just thinking about this earlier. Oh, I don't even know his name. Can't remember. Ward? Something Ward? Charlie Ward? Nah, it's not Charlie Ward. Yeah. But right, like I was like, I actually yeah. was listening to like Nativity in Black on like the way to work, and I was like, why don't I know the name of the drummer of Black Sabbath? <laughs> he's, he's really fucking good. Kind of slipped through the tracks. He was the guy that like brought that style of drumming into a metal form, like that really rhythmic, not expressive, because that was. Expressive, you come out of more of uh, with um, Bonham and um, Denny Carey. Mm-hmm. I would say Neil Peart. Uh, oh, uh, Neil Peart's just trying to play every drum he's got in that goddamn really song. well, really, really well. They called it quits because it's like arms are like failed. Done. Yeah. <laughs> like, which admittedly, it's Neil Peart's. So you're like, yeah, I can't really hold that against you. Like, you've done your time. There's, there's, and then some. There's the expressive drummers and the ones who can, who can lead a band without being in the forefront. Um, or they're the ones that just hit hard. I mean, like Dave Grohl and Nirvana. Um, who hard the, hitter. Hard hitter. But part of the reason he was... Uh, be, even if you listen to like old Black Sabbath, like that's just... Blank Ward. Um, Mr. Ward, we'll call him. <laughs> like, I mean, like you listen like him on the toms, like it's just him going... Dun, 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 dun. Like it's not expressive. It's just him laying down these really heavy-handed fills. Um, not in a bad way, by any means. By any means. Um, no, there's there's the drunk clubbers who who get a lot of time. They're the ones that get the most love. Um, John Bonham. I mean, the guy was a raging alcoholic and just hit really hard. He wasn't intricate. He wasn't. But he was really Tiny expressive. Like having to play yeah, off. Drum clubbers of, always having off. off having to play off of Jimmy Page's like um, guitar riffs. Like he was extremely expressive. 
Um, especially later on, you get into like Moby Dick and you're like, yeah, okay. Um, well, then there's guys like Stuart Copeland who played for the police who had a very minimalist type drum kit and was extremely technical. In, in when, you look extremely at te- technical. when you look at technical, it's the way um, I look at uh, uh, bass players where, yeah, um, I just blanked on his name. Uh, I'm so Phil Collins. Um, it was a drummer, weirdly enough. He was. Um, He's a good drummer. Under- but uh, what's his name? Um, Les Claypool. Uh, great bassist. Sloppy as hell. Sloppy as hell. You look at Vic Wooten from Bela Fleck or just on his own. <laughs> but I mean, like, really clean, really technical. Oh, yeah, he's, you look he's at, a um, freak, dude. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, oh, who was I thinking of earlier? Um, there are a few bassists that are unnamed. Like, uh, the guy from Cake is actually really good. Yeah. Um, Peanut from 311. Not a 311 fan. Dude does funk. Like bands that I generally don't he, like. He kind of bridges a gap between sloppy and like technical. Um, there are. I've never heard that before. Tracks he had. Like l- the live tracks are like. You're just playing bass because you're drunk. Um, or stoned because they're really big pot smokers. But um, but there are songs, especially in the early stuff. Bill was, Ward. Was it Bill Ward? Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for the, the, dr- the drummer to. Um, Black Sabbath. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so lived up. I'm like, God damn it. Too many Let times. me stop talking now because I just keep screwing up all the bands. Um, yeah, shut up. Yeah. Talk about the Broncos. Okay. Uh, Peyton Manning said he won't ever coach. Which is only news to morons. I just wanted to put that out there. Um, <laughs> everyone's like, he's going to coach and be a head coach. Like, Okay, first of all, no, he's not. Second of all, burn in hell. Third of all, you're stupid. Fourth of all, Go to give hell. me a list of greats who went on to coach. And when you stop after the first two, that's not a list. That's a mention. Number that's five, beautiful. go right back to hell. Number it's not six, a list. The list needs three, right? A, a list needs five. I would give it, yeah. I'm list needs list five. five. list needs five, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, because you have like, top three. We're not doing not. top threes here. No, no. I'd say a list. We do say our fives are a list. Did we say four is a list? I'm saying five. No, I'd give four a list, but... I'm saying five. Okay, well, now we're arguing about what, what makes a list. Uh-huh. No, it's, we can't argue opinion. You've, you've said three, you've said four, I've said five. Now let's bring somebody else in here so they can say two or six. Two is not a list. And then you have a strike. And then we'd all be like, two is not a list. see the list of, of numbered top twos? Never fucking happens. Never fucking happens. No, number six, the money's not in coaching, and Manning loves money. Sorry, he's going to be a GM, or he's going to be an owner. That is what this man's going to do if he does anything in football. Or, no, I think the broadcast booth would make him enough money for his liking. Hell no, those guys get Well, it could, because he still has the face... Where he could put that out there and sponsor a whole bunch of shit, which he, makes him money. He doesn't need to do that. Yeah, he doesn't need to be on TV. Forehead. He doesn't need to ever be on TV to still mm-hmm. promote stuff. Dan Marino proves that. And he Ooh. fucked a train here, whatever that was in uh, Los Ventura. Yeah. I was that he you fucked a dolphin, but I was like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> he might have fucked that dolphin too. You don't know that. 
I, I'm going to say he didn't, and I'm going to say that I know that. Yes, I do. He's <laughs> like, yes, I do. How do you think he, he lost all that weight? He's like, Jenny Craig and fucking the dolphin. Flogging the dolphin. They're insatiable. Insatiable. <laughs> they're insatiable? <laughs> they're Unless they're in a tank. <laughs> you still got to catch them. <laughs> no, well, so that's, and you know how hard it is to catch and fuck a monkey? And that's, I was going to say, and that's how you lose the stone out of your Super Bowl ring. It's trying to trace and fuck a dolphin. Second place Super Bowl ring. I don't know why he suddenly got really weird defensive about that. Because he never won a Super Bowl. Uh, Manning's not going to coach. Does that come as a surprise to, to, and didn't fuck to a dolphin. you, Ryan? No. Do you, you want to give me a list of three grades that coached? Give me a, give me a top three grades. Do I have to have, like... Any, any sport. sport? Any sport. Uh, Gretzky. Ewing? Ewing's not coaching. He's an assistant coach. That doesn't count. I don't think that counts. One is not a list. One is not a list. The morons who say that he'd just come back and be a quarterback coach need so, to go so, to the fifth layer of hell. So, so far, I only like got... where they really belong. So far, I only got Gretzky and Patrick Waugh. That's what I got so far. Oh, do we have one? Magic Johnson? For about two weeks? Larry Bird. Well, then he gave everyone AIDS. For a while. And he That's gave four. everyone birds. That joke was better than you acted. Hmm. Got anything, Doug? Anyone? Um. Greats. They have to be great. Trey Parker in basketball? He was great. He did become an owner. Yeah. They, oh, wait. I don't even was, think they had coaches, though, in basketball. Didn't seem like they did. They'd have managers, you'd think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even. They never. Because they, they seem like they have a dugout character. Yeah. Uh, what about As Tom Hanks in uh, League of Their Own? He was not great. No, he was a great. No, he wasn't. He was just a guy that played baseball. It's no, he was a great, and he blew out his knee. He wasn't that good. He also he was he good also, enough to fucking coach Gina Davis. I coach girls baseball. Go with the first, honey. Okay, coached. It's the third lump above your ass. Sell that to a little kid. Oh, we're not sexist. We're just funny. Um, we're no, there's, 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 there's assistant guys who've done it. Mean Joe Green's been an assistant coach. Um, I think Jack, no, not Jack Cam. Jack Lambert was a, a coach for a little bit, assistant wise. Um, but that's that's like way beneath what a guy like Peyton Manning would do. It's just beneath him. It, it's he has that about him. I I just I never saw him ever coaching anybody. He coached guys that were on his team because he wanted them to be where he was going to throw the ball. He would only kind of coach receivers too. He, yeah. Regardless what anybody says, he never coached his quarterbacks. Um, no, no. He he no. would no. let them see what he's doing. Yeah, he never but took he them aside and showed them. He's not he sitting better. them down like at training camp and, and showing this them. is how I read the here's, plays here's how yeah. you should have read that better he just kind of goes oh, fucking read the plays and fuck you I'm not going to show you how to take for him <laughs> exactly it's not anything Peyton Manning was ever about no none of them usually are that, that, that's that's the and they all admit it too yeah. every single one admits it you know? yeah it's it's the NFL and we watched some of those America's games yesterday and the way that Schlereth talks about his career he said I, I functioned on fear and paranoia Fear of messing up and paranoid someone might take my job. Also, it was on coke. That's, no, there was. 
They're not like LT. All right. No, offensive linemen rarely are. They have to be able to stay still. Okay. For a while. They can't so heroin. You can't be on the line. Going, so heroin. <laughs> so no, no drugs. Oh. Except for painkillers and all that. So opiates. Opiates to an extent. Okay. Well, he had 12 surgeries. 29 when it was all 29 at the end of it. So he was on opiates. Yeah. <laughs> Just to stand up. Like when his career was done, he had 29 different surgeries. <laughs> and I believe like 22 of them were knee surgeries. So. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Fear and Paranoia is the, the name of the game here. So, so Manning wasn't ever going to coach and he wasn't going to coach nobody to take his goddamn job. We're still waiting on Von Miller's contract to get figured out. Is it going to get figured out this year, or is he going to get the franchise tag and just take the 15 mil? <clears throat> well, the closer you get to training camp, the more likely the answer is he's going to sign his franchise tender, come show up and play his one-year contract, and then try again next year. The Broncos are pretty much that team that doesn't do a lot of uh, negotiating throughout the season. I doubt that would be the case with Von Miller. I think there would always be an open negotiation with Von Miller. I think so. I think there would be. Uh, we've, we've franchised four <coughs> other guys, and they've gotten their deal before the season's ever happened. So there is that history to it, but we're just getting closer to it. Um, Von's not ostracized himself from the team by any means. He's done his he's done his TV responsibilities and whatnot, and OTAs are, are not required, and stuff like that is is just not... It's not A lot of people are like looking at... Vaughn saying, well, Brandon Marshall's there and he doesn't have a contract. It's like, but neither does Vaughn and he doesn't have to be there. He's not technically under contract. Are we going to, are we going to compare the two? Because there's no comparison. I mean, one of them, one of them is probably quibbling over like 1 million to $1.5 million while the other one's like Another fifteen. Another fifteen guaranteed million dollars. Yeah. It's a it's a completely different different <clears throat> ball game. People were are on the internet as well saying, Well look at how it screwed DT over, man. You don't want to have that happen. Let's just go ahead and I'm not gonna go into my defense mode for DT here. I'm going to just speak about what Von Miller does. Seventy percent of the time what is he doing? Drugs. Rushing the passer. The, okay, nothing's changing for him. He's he's going into another year with the same defense. That he's excelled at. He's not going to um, sit around and get fat while well, he's he's, not he's working his ass working off. Out. He's got people coming to his house all the time to hang out whenever he's been anywhere. He's he's still in contact with his team, and seventy percent of what he does is rush the passer, probably even more. That's what he does. That's what he do. That's his job. So that's not. It's not like a receiver coming into another another a year without a full off season and a new offense and learning. Basically, two offenses, learning what Peyton Manning is going to want to run and learning what the head coach wants to run type deal. So it's it's not the same thing. It's not at all. Like, Von Miller's job is to rush the passer, and he won't be slowed down at all. Um, it's not going to slow him down. Also, uh, 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 just stuff you kind of find out throughout the week. Um, basically, Brock was doing exactly what we said. Um, he'd get to the line and... Pretty much didn't. He just ran the plays he was told to run. Um, I think that speaks to his inexperience. I think that speaks to his, you know, the the fact that he doesn't. He wasn't sure that he was able to lead the team necessarily. Um, a lot of the times he would not check out of plays. Uh, so that doesn't mean that Kubiak's offense is not that great because it didn't work that well. But I 
think he was learning several different offenses throughout his time here and trying to adapt to an offense. I think that is simple, simpler can be hard when you're so used to trying to learn a complicated system like the one Peyton Manning wants you to understand how to run because that's the plays everybody's going to run is Peyton Manning. Like you said, Peyton Manning ball. Now we don't have that. Um, you have Cooch, Coach Kubiak's system now, so it's pretty much get to the line, read the defense, and make the call. It's not... Check that guy. Check. We're going to high route. We're going to, okay, we're going to shift and we're going to do all this other shit. It's just get up to the line. Look at your safeties. Find your middle linebacker. And fucking call the play. It's it's not it's not hard. His, his offense is not hard. It's, he's, there's going to be a read for you right away. You're either going to know DT is going to be open. You know Emmanuel's going to be open. You know the running play is going to work to the right. You know the running play is going to work to the left. Whatever it is, it's going to be quick, just read and quick change. It's not going to be anything super complicated. You saw it. You've seen this offense before. You've seen it when John Elway used to run it. It's the exact same thing. Get up to the line, make the read, change maybe one little thing. Usually direction, usually your second play. But but those, not, are, those plays are decided for you. Yeah. Pretty much, and that's how you go. I know it could be expanded more so with a better quarterback, but it doesn't need to be in that type of offense. It's not what we're going to do. It's not what we want to do, not what we wanted to do last year. We're bringing the fullbacks back. They're coming back. We're bringing the fullbacks back. I don't even know that song. I don't think I said that right. It sounded like it's getting hot in here, but... Uh, it's getting fullbacks. I'm so bringing fullbacks back. Here... So what the fuck is that? I don't know what a fullback girl is. All I know is I want her dead. I want her like throw her back it up. That shit's bananas. B A N A N A S. Thank you for listening to us. We out. Go Warriors. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!